2: Russia and Ukraine conclude another round of talks.
1: But I would not trust if think that comes out of Sergey mouth.
2: President Joe Biden reveals his budget blueprint. We will kill jobs, take
3: more earnings out of people's paychecks.
2: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs the Parental Rights and Education Bill.
3: In Florida, uh, we not only know that parents have a right to be involved, uh, we insist that parents have a right to be involved.
2: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, March 29th. I'm Jim Barto. Eyes on Ukraine. President Volodymyr Zelensky says his country is prepared to declare neutrality and consider compromise on contested areas to secure peace with Russia. President Zelensky's latest remarks could create momentum for talks set to resume today. But he said only a face-to-face meeting with Russia's leader could end the war. Zelensky also stressed that Ukraine's priority is ensuring its sovereignty and preventing Russia from carving up the country. That is something Ukraine and the West say could now be Moscow's goal. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres says, after speaking with European and Middle Eastern leaders who have been engaged in talks with Russia and Ukraine, he is hopeful that terms can be reached for a humanitarian ceasefire.
1: It is my belief that all these efforts are essential uh, in order to create the conditions to allow for finally this war to come to an end.
2: Guterres says the International Atomic and Energy Agency is taking steps to secure Ukraine's nuclear power plants which have been targeted by Russian forces.
1: I can't imagine the possibility of having a nuclear, a biological or a chemical war uh, in this scenario. That would be uh, uh, that would uh, be I, something that I believe uh, uh, will be avoided. It must be avoided.
2: However, the Russian Foreign Minister Sergey Lavrov says, that talks will be unproductive as long as Ukraine is a country which, quote, encourages neo-Nazi and Nazi ideology, end quote. Josh Krushauer, the National Journal Against the Grain columnist, joined the Hugh Hewitt show and shared his thoughts on the prospect of a Russian ceasefire with Ukraine.
1: We've all been pleasantly surprised by the Ukrainian performance on the battlefield, holding the Russians to, at, at, at best, uh, a stalemate. So, I mean, I think the... the 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 facts on the ground have dictated the Russian position. Um, But I would not trust anything that comes out of Sergey Lavrov's mouth. You know, I'll believe it when I see it, if there's any any real diplomatic progress. You know, we may be getting to that point in the long haul, but uh, Russian words mean a lot less than Russian actions. I haven't seen a whole lot of, you know, there's just bombing in Lviv over over the weekend.
2: Crush Hour goes on to say he is concerned about Russia escalating, but he believes the NATO alliance will remain strong.
1: I'm worried all the time. I mean, you know, I don't think aside from from some concerned folks at the White House that were warning about Russia's intentions before the war, um, I don't think anyone thought Russia was going to invade fully uh, Ukraine. Um, So, uh, you know, things can get worse. But, um, I I think I've also been pleasantly surprised by the resilience of the NATO alliance.
2: U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has tried to reassure Israel and its Gulf Arab allies ahead of a possible renewal of global powers' international nuclear deal with Iran. At a news conference with Israel's foreign minister, Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. sees eye-to-eye with Israel on the most important element of an Iran nuclear deal.
4: We are both committed, both determined, that Iran will never acquire a nuclear weapon. Uh, Russia's aggression against Ukraine is another reminder of why this is so important. An Iran with a nuclear weapon, or the capacity to produce one on short notice, would become even more aggressive and would believe it could act with a false sense of impunity.
2: Lincoln says the U.S. wants to reassure Israel and its Gulf Arab allies as it seeks to renew an international nuclear deal with Iran. The United States believes
4: that a return to full implementation of the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action is the best way to put Iran's nuclear program back in the box that it was in but has escaped from since the United States withdrew I'm not
2: on it. Israeli Foreign Minister Yair Lapid says Israel is opposed to any deal that does not include safeguards to prevent Iran from developing nuclear weapons.
0: Israel will do anything we believe is needed to stop the Iranian nuclear problem, program, anything. From our point of view, the Iranian threat is not theoretical. The Iranians want to destroy Israel. They will not succeed. We
4: will not let them.
2: Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton joined Fox News and says he's unimpressed with any attempts to revive the Iran nuclear deal.
4: For the last year, Joe Biden has been essentially relying on Vladimir Putin to be his lawyer at these negotiations, trying to deliver, through Vladimir Putin, a new nuclear agreement with Iran, which would be much worse than even the terrible deal Barack Obama got in 2015.
2: Senator Cotton explains what the deal would entail.
4: It would allow Iran to be a threshold nuclear state while giving them hundreds of billions of dollars to continue their reign of terror throughout the Middle East, such as, for instance, shooting ballistic missiles at Erbil, one of the largest cities in northern Iraq. In addition to what they also do, like shooting missiles through their proxies, at major cities in the United Arab Emirates or bases where Americans have soldiers or even trying to assassinate former Trump administration officials on the streets of the United States.
2: Hutton goes on to say that it's a fantasy to trust the Ayatollahs to comply with a new deal.
4: I think Joe Biden feels that he can trust Iran to keep its end of the bargain because it doesn't really even have any responsibilities under what we've been hearing. Not only would they be allowed to become a threshold nuclear state, but President Biden's even talking about lifting sanctions against things like the Hud's force and the Revolutionary Guard Corps, the shock troops of the Iranian regime that are totally unrelated to their nuclear program. They face sanctions because of their support for terrorism, their human rights abuses. So I guess Joe Biden's plan is that the Ayatollahs will uphold their commitments when their commitments are essentially zero.
2: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill on Monday that forbids instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade a policy that has drawn intense national scrutiny from critics who argue it marginalizes lgbtq people the parental rights and education bill has been lambasted by democrats the entertainment industry and the white house denouncing it as the don't say gay bill governor ron desantis highlights the reason the parental rights and education legislation was necessary
3: the last couple years have really revealed uh, to parents uh, that Uh, They are being ignored increasingly across our country when it comes to their kids' education.
2: The Florida governor describes a sad case where a student lost their life due to schools cutting parents out of their kids' lives.
3: In California, a high school student recently committed suicide after an L.A. high school gave her gender transitioning hormones rather than treat her underlying depression.
2: DeSantis reiterates that Florida will stand with parents.
3: This is part of a national trend to cut parents out of their child's education. In Florida, uh, we not only know that parents have a right to be involved, uh, we insist that parents have a right to be involved.
2: DeSantis explains what the legislation will accomplish.
3: It takes three main steps. First, the bill prohibits classroom instruction about sexuality or things like transgender in K through three classrooms. And after third grade, those curriculums need to be age appropriate. Second, the bill ensures that at the beginning of every school year, parents will be notified about health care services offered at the school with the right to decline any service offered. And finally, this bill ensures that whenever a questionnaire or health screening is given to our young students, parents receive it first and give permission for the school to give it to their child.
2: At the bill signing, Governor DeSantis made a point to call out those who opposed the legislation without having read it.
3: What they're doing with these slogans and these narratives is they are trying to camouflage their true intentions. They know in every single poll that's been done that actually reads the language in the bill will find overwhelmingly Americans oppose injecting this type of material into the classroom of young kids. Americans support the right of parents to be informed and to be able to withhold consent over certain types of medical um, uh, treatments in in school.
2: DeSantis didn't hold back when asked his opinion on Hollywood's condemnation of the parental rights bill.
3: You know, the one thing I'll say about that is if the people who held up degenerates like Harvey Weinstein up as exemplars and as heroes and as all that, if those are the types of people that are opposing us on parents' rights, I wear that like a badge of honor.
2: No apologies. President Joe Biden said Monday that he would make no apologies for his comment that Russian President Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. President Biden was asked about his remarks Saturday that Russia's Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power.
0: I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man. Just, just brutality. Half the children in Ukraine. I had just come from being with those families. And, uh, and so, um, but I want to make it clear, I wasn't then, nor am I now, articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel, and I make no apologies for it.
2: Biden says he was not pushing for Vladimir Putin to be removed from office.
0: It was expressing my outrage. He shouldn't remain in power. Just like, you know, bad people shouldn't continue to do bad things. But it doesn't mean we have a fundamental policy to do anything to take Putin down in any way.
2: Biden says he was not issuing a new policy by saying Vladimir Putin should not remain in power because of his actions in Ukraine.
0: It's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. There's no, I mean, people like this shouldn't be ruling countries, but they do. The fact they do, but doesn't mean I can't express my outrage about it.
2: The president went on to say that he is not worried about Vladimir Putin's reaction to his remarks.
0: Given his recent behavior, people should understand that he is going to do what he thinks he should do, period. He's not affected by anybody else, including, unfortunately, apparently his own advisors. This is a guy who goes to the beat of his own drummer. And the idea that he is going to do something outrageous because I called him for what he was and what he's doing, I think is is just not rational.
2: President Biden has released a budget blueprint that calls for higher taxes on the wealthy, lower federal deficits, more money for police, and greater funding for education, public health, and housing. Biden is proposing a total of $5.8 trillion in federal spending in fiscal year 2023, which begins in October. The deficit would be $1.5 trillion. According to the budget, there would be $795 billion for defense, $915 billion for domestic programs, and the remaining balance would go to mandatory spending, such as Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and net interest on the national debt. The proposal includes a minimum 20% tax on the incomes of households worth $100 million or more. Heritage Foundation senior policy analyst Richard Stern tells the Salem Radio Network President Biden's attempt at reducing the federal deficit involves taking more out of the average American's wallet.
5: He's talking about reducing the federal deficit on the backs of hardworking Americans by imposing the tax increases you're talking about that will kill jobs take more earnings out of people's paychecks that will stunt growth going forward.
2: Stern says in the end, the average taxpayer will bear the brunt of the cost of President Biden's proposed budget.
5: It's just shifting the burden from the federal accounting books back onto the American public. He's not really changing the burden of the government, its impact, or how much it takes from people's hard earnings.
2: Stern also says that President Biden is using deceptive language when he talks about incomes of households worth $100 million or more.
5: When Biden talks about that tax, a minimum tax on very wealthy households, that's not what that is at all. More than 90% of the wealth of these households are businesses.
2: Stern goes on to say that wealthy Americans have nothing to really worry about under the president's budget proposal.
5: He is trying to hide this as a tax on wealthy families. They're not going to really feel the burden of this. It's the companies under them that feel the burden. It's the workers, it's the consumers.
2: Grocery workers could be striking on the West Coast. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker has the story.
4: California grocery workers have voted to authorize
0: their union to call a strike against several major supermarket chains. It involves 47,000 workers at more than 500 Ralphs, Albertsons, Vons, and Pavilion stores. No strike date has been set, and negotiations do resume Wednesday. The possible walkout would involve grocery clerks, meat cutters, and other employees represented by seven locals of the
4: United Food and Commercial Workers.
2: Jason Walker reporting. The FDA is skeptical of benefits from an experimental ALS drug. Correspondent Shelly Adler reports. The FDA review comes ahead of a meeting this week for outside experts to vote on the drug for ALS. The medication has been the focal point of a lobbying campaign by patients, their families, and lawmakers. FDA reviewers have said that the single study from Amalex Pharmaceuticals was, quote, not persuasive due to missing data, errors in enrolling patients, and other problems. They also said that regulators were not convinced by data that the company said should ...showed the drug helped patients live six months longer. I'm Shelley Adler. And finally, a gas station in North Carolina sold gas for $2.25 a gallon until they ran out. Drivers in Burnsville were able to get it for two twenty-five a gallon. The cheap gas was available from just before noon to about 5 p.m. when it ran out. The gas station owners said they wanted to help people during this difficult time... ...so they took a loss and dropped their prices... And their customers were very thankful.
5: I think it's really great and kind of them to do that for people around here like us. I think it's really good of them.
2: The station owners plan to drop the price again soon. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Network.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage and breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Jim Bartow.